P.S.D. Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Yes, we are back. We're here to talk about the Emmys, sponsored by The Masked Singer, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, and WWE Wrestling, I think, as well, and uh, The Simpsons. So it's, it's, yeah. it's an exciting episode to come, for sure. Is it? Is it? Is it? Uh, we'll try. We'll try and make it more interesting than the actual show, which is actually quite a low bar, so we'll probably pass it. Yeah, for sure. This was not the most exciting ceremony ever. <laughs> In some ways it was because there were awards that went to people who weren't predicted to win that I thought were kind of exciting. But the ceremony itself right. was a bit ho-hum and also just weird. There were some it weird so moments weird. that we will get into that that I'm yeah. still like, who thought this was a good idea? Or like, <laughs> who wrote this? It, felt very yeah, it was together. a hot mess, but not in a fun way. It was just a slog to get through. But... Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, it was the Emmys. It was the I don't know. It was it was an event. Everyone showed up. Some people killed it on the red carpet. A lot of people did not. Um, I mean, Zendaya was freaking gorgeous. And I really was digging Mahershala Ali's green outfit. Um, I don't know if you ever re- watch the red carpet of these events. Do you? I like sometimes half heartedly do. I'm not as big into the fashion I'm also Zendaya. I feel like is annoying to me as a person. So <laughs> doesn't matter how she if she's annoying, she still looks good. You know. I don't know. <laughs> sure, I can't remember what she was wearing. A lot of people were wearing pink and red. That was a theme. Yeah. Uh, Billy Porter was wearing a strange, like nun hat <laughs> thing. That I that okay. Here's here's a hot take for everyone. Uh-oh. People like Billy Porter because he's cool and fun and whatever and has worn some really awesome things in the past but now everyone is just like so hyped on Billy Porter is awesome that when he wears a weird bad thing nobody is calling him out on it they're all still like yes like this is a look and it's like yes and he was wearing like a cool like bedazzly black suit thing which was great and then this truly bizarre like (laughs) nun habit slash cowboy hat thing that was black and one side of it was like much bigger than the other it sort of looked like a weird paper boat it was Mm, just bad mm -hmm. and in five years when he looks back and is like yes remember that time i won an emmy and this is what i was wearing when i won it it's just like you could have done better or just got a different (laughs) hat or not worn a hat just worn the rest outfit like there were options for you there and you chose this horrid hat i mean it wasn't the worst look of the night and i think it'll stand up okay i mean especially compared to a lot of crazy looks so what were why what did you say was worse Give us your favorite and least favorite while we're here. (laughs) My favorite was probably Zendaya for sure. I thought she looked so gorgeous. It was. I don't even remember what she. It was was like a green dress with this very provocative, like bare boning bodice um, with a high slit, and her hair was just oh, it was just all of it, just mm, beautiful, beautiful look. My least favorite. She is very skinny. That's. I mean, she's young too. I mean, I don't think she's like. Yeah, that's true. Very like shockingly skinny. But I don't know. I don't know. Least favorites. You know, I try not to. I try not to focus on the negative and like drag people. Down. Shelby, what is the point of this <laughs> podcast? Get yeah. it together. I did have some questions about the um 
I feel bad for blanking on her name, but the Game of Thrones, um, Sir Brian. Are you going to talk about Gwendolyn yeah. Christie's outfit? Because that was my favorite. The like Greek yeah, I don't know thing. what she was going for. What I she, what loved statement that. that was. I don't know what it was, but I liked yeah, but it. But there were a lot of... Uh, actually, the worst look of the night... The worst look of the night was Jenny McCarthy. Oh my gosh. I cannot get over how hideous that dress was. It was like ripped How does from, she still have a job? I don't know. I wanted everyone on that <laughs> being interviewed by her to be like, why are you here? Why am I... Why am I talking with you right now? People were annoyed by her. Oh, yeah. It was hilarious to watch. She was very bad at it. She And I, I'll say that. You know, I'll go that negative because she was very annoying to watch. She was over... I don't know. She was on something. She was very hyper, but like very loud. She didn't know how to ask questions. Christina Applegate, who is a delight, was talking to her and she was like, this is your first nomination, right? And Christina was like, no, I was nominated multiple times for Samantha Who. Thanks for knowing that. And just like never phased Jenny. She didn't know how to deal with celebrities, kept asking the weirdest stuff. When Gwyneth Paltrow was in front of her, she just kept asking her about her husband and like didn't know how to pivot away from that. And it was all very odd. Oh, and then I did see the weird interaction where it was like Gwyneth Paltrow had to leave the interviewing and they were bringing up Michael Douglas and Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> but like Jenny McCarthy couldn't figure out how to like get them to switch. And then yes. Gwyneth just kind of like wandered <laughs> off because she was just annoyed. Yeah, it was a it was a tough red carpet. Well, purple carpet. So probably spoke to what was to come. Lots of masked singer references. Wait, why was That's it purple? That's just the Emmy's color. I don't know. That's what Fox rolls out. Oh, yeah. that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice. Hmm. But yeah. Yeah, it's strange that this was on Fox. Mm-hmm. It was, the Emmys were on Fox this year. They've been on NBC, I want to say, the last couple of years, because they've had like SNL-y people hosting and whatnot. But this year, Fox, which had no nominees, by the way, somehow or another managed to uh, get this, because mm. Fox doesn't have late night, oh, so they don't yeah. even have late night nominees. And there was no host, which they followed the tactic of the Oscars this past year, which also had no host after the Kevin Hart kerfuffle. Did you like it without a host? I did feel like the whole ceremony moved along at a decent clip. Like, it got done and I was like, oh, it's only 11. (laughs) Usually it goes way longer. No, that's true. It moved quickly, but it was just... I think it failed to figure out how to start. It couldn't find its tone for like what bits it would do. And it threw in a musical number that felt totally random and unearned and like unnecessary. So it just seemed like, like the Oscars I think worked because it was still very organized. Everything like made sense stylistically and comedically. And like the bits all seemed to be written by the same person. Whereas this just was like, a grab bag of nonsense and they were just flinging stuff into the audience hoping it would stick and like 95% of it did not so well that opening number in and of itself was just so strange so they open it saying oh Homer Simpson is the host of the Oscars which we so we have the animated thing which is always Mm -hmm. annoying they've done this on other award shows in the past then Homer Simpson apparently gets hit by a piano and so the camera goes to anthony anderson from blackish <laughs> who then is like oh, oh i guess i have to host i need to find a host oh my gosh this is crazy like gets up runs backstage of the oscars the where Emmys, they've yeah. set up this 
Yeah, or the Emmys. Yes, sorry. My disrespect. (laughs) How dare you? Yes. Runs backstage where there's like a llama and dancers (laughs) and all kinds of things just like running back and forth like it's some kind of crazed thing. There's a whole giant wall of Emmy statues and he's like, mom, put a bunch of these Emmys in the bag. We're going to steal them. (laughs) So Anthony Anderson's mother is randomly backstage, like puts Emmy statuettes in her purse. Then Brian Cranston shows up as like maybe the actual host and he goes out on stage and then gives sort of this weird earnest monologue (laughs) about like the power of television yeah it was just like who is putting this together no what is going on it was bad i mean anthony was like overacting no one was reacting it just it was not gelling it was very awkward they had like that awkward bit about the starbucks cup that just was like the laziest joke you could make and then, yeah, it was so weird because I thought the joke would be that Brian Cranston was taking it too seriously, but then it never really <laughs> paid off. It was just kind of a very sad beginning <laughs> to an award show. Well, and then, so that's the first lead up to whatever the first awards are. And then mm-hmm. the next bit that comes out is that Ben Stiller comes out and does this weird <laughs> sort of like tribute to these wax statues that they have on stage of yeah. dead comedians. And then they get to this what's supposedly a Bob Newhart statue, but is actually just Bob Newhart standing on stage. But again, Mm -hmm. this doesn't really, like, tie into anything. Mm -mm. Why was Bob Newhart there? Like, why did they need to do this whole bit? It it just didn't... Nothing felt like there was a purpose for it or a direction. It just felt like 75 people had all submitted, like, ideas for things that could Mm -hmm. happen in the Emmys. And instead of cutting any or thinking, oh, this one's better than that, they just put them in the order that they were submitted and said, oh, nope, this is good. Just run with it. Yeah, and they also did this weird thing where they had an announcer, Thomas Lennon, who would sit in the, I don't know, like in a announcer's box and just make commentary as people walked up to stage after a win. And it was like very weird. And it it never they were never funny. He didn't even seem that into it. He was like he wasn't even energized by what he was saying and he was making weird digs and half-hearted jokes about like Fox News and Felicity Huffman and it just like I could never understand like what he was getting at and it felt sort of disrespectful during these people's like victory lap. And so I don't know. It was just a weird mess of like very bad jokes. Yeah, like Chernobyl wins and <laughs> while the person is going up to the stage, usually like in the Oscars or the Emmys, they're like, this is the fifth nomination yeah. and third win for whoever. But instead, he would say weird things about the show. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of is making fun of the show that just won or the actor yeah. that just won. But then other times his bits were completely unrelated to whoever had won (laughs) it just there wasn't a tone and the other confusing thing with that is initially i didn't realize that they were bits so i was confused as to if they were actually if these were actual facts or not Mm -hmm. 
it just wasn't set up well. If you're yeah. going to do that and be like, oh, we're going to make jokes during all of these things, then it needs to be set up or the host needs to set it up or something right. so that everyone is on the same page and everything is the same tone. And it, again, isn't just like a random grab bag of weird comments and aside. Oh, yeah. The only reason I knew what was happening is because he talked about it on the red carpet. And so I was like expecting it. And I knew he was a comedian and I was like, okay, we'll see how this goes. But yeah, it was super weird, super random. And none of the jokes were clever. And it's like part of watching these shows is that you get to have some of the best like, you know, writers trying to make these really clever quips and fun jabs at these very famous people that we want to laugh at. And um, yeah, it just never worked. And I couldn't tell if they were trying to be serious and like take this art seriously because... Brian Cranston gave the speech and Ben Stiller is like, look at all these comedians that have come through this theater. But then it was all trying to be funny and stupid and silly too. And like, like there was this whole extended bit with Maya Rudolph and Ike Barinholtz where they pretended they had LASIK surgery and couldn't pronounce or read anything. It was very weird because like, I guess it was funny, but it also didn't fit anything that had come before it. So I was just like, what's happening? Like, who wrote this? Was this their idea? Like, what is the larger story behind, like, why LASIK, you know? (laughs) And then also, some of the presenters just came out. Some of the people, (laughs) sometimes there were people who came out to introduce presenters. Like, I can't, I think it was, um, uh, who who was it who came out to pre- somebody or another came out to present that Cherry Jones was coming out to yes. present and it's not like Cherry Jones is such a big person that you would have to introduce her separately you know mm-hmm. it's not like Oprah or Obama or someone right. is there and you're like okay well let's introduce them it's like she's also just a random actress <laughs> so I don't understand why we need these people to come out and you know and and introduce her yeah. And they also did this thing. And I'm, I guess I'm connecting the dots because they brought out the whole cast of Game of Thrones for like a something. And then they brought the, whole, the whole cast, cast. of Veep. They brought yeah. out, they brought a lot of the members of cast of Game <laughs> of Thrones out, of- but, but then not all of them yeah. because they've cut to some of them who were still sitting in the <laughs> audience, which was weird. But then they did bring out the whole cast of Veep, yeah. both for these like send-off moments, right. I guess. But they, I thought, oh, they're doing this like for all the main like the main comedy and drama nominees. But no, it was just those two, I guess, because it was their final season. But again, that was a thing that was never explained or introduced or kind of justified. And so it was very odd. Yeah, it felt like, well, why just these two shows? Why doesn't Big Bang Theory? Why isn't Kimmy Schmidt? Like, (laughs) how come these other things aren't getting uh, recognized? But then there was sort of like a TV show in memoriam (laughs) segment where they were talking about shows that were on their last season this year. And so they did acknowledge like Big Bang Theory, Kimmy Schmidt, Gotham, (laughs) like random shows. But then again, did not put like Fleabag in there, which was or or Big Little Lies or other things that were on the list. I don't know. It just felt everything just felt like it wasn't thought through. Yeah. I mean, the only time I like laughed out loud was when Stephen Colbert and Jimmy Kimmel came out and they had this bit where they talked about how bad a show would be without hosts. And it was like the 
the funniest part of the show, ironically, proving that, yeah, this show would have benefited with one of them standing there to make these sort of easy jokes. They have such a good stage presence and it felt like natural and safe to have them there to kind of explain away our anxiety a little bit. And they say that they have trouble finding like a host for these things. You have all these late night people who are clearly wanting to do it. And here is my suggestion. Literally every single frigging award show has Maya Rudolph as a presenter. (laughs) It's not like she's there for any other reason. She has not been in a hit television show (laughs) or movie in the past decade. Like, can you name anything that she has been in post-Bridesmaids? No. But she is at every single one of these as a presenter because she is funny. Mm -hmm. Just give her an awards show. Let her (laughs) do her bit as the host. Like, that's clearly what she's good at. With with Amy Poehler? No, I don't think with so. With Amy Poehler? No, that was Tina Fey. Oh, that was Tina it Fey. was. Oh, you're right. Yes, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler yeah. hosted the Golden Globes three times. Wow, I that's do not believe that Maya Rudolph has hosted anything other than a couple failed variety <laughs> specials. That is interesting, and yeah, it just seems like obviously I get the trauma of like the Kevin Hart thing and feeling like oh, like we can't get anyone risky, but it's like. I mean, John Mulaney, he's a safe bet. Like any of these people who have been through the SNL gauntlet and come out unscathed seem like really safe bets. And they, I guess the question is if it's appealing to them at this point. But I mean, I don't know. And maybe now they'll appreciate doing it more because we as an audience would be so grateful to have a host back. Whereas I'm sure like Jimmy Kimmel, who did it a few times with the Oscars, is like, yeah, you know what? I'm done with this. Like, it's too much work, too much criticism. I'm over it. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if they go back crawling to these (laughs) comedians to just ask for some guidance, please. I mean, they should. But you know who I do not want as a host? My arch nemesis, who was all over this frigging thing, James Corden, who just kept appearing and reappearing, doing boring bits, just hogging for stage time. And I swear, when they announced that, oh, we're doing a musical number for this variety special or whatever that was in the middle of the show, which was a terrible bit, by the way. Like the people moved aside. And for a split second, I thought it was James (laughs) Corden and I about threw something at the television. And it turned out to be what? Adam Adam Devine or whatever. And yeah, I couldn't understand a word he said. The whole whole musical number was terrible, Mm -hmm. but uh, just like a disaster. But James Corden, you know, if you could get him to host every single freaking thing as long as you'd let him sing. Did he present something? Yes, he presented stuff. Annie was and the, Annie was at the red carpet thing beforehand, hamming it up and talking. I know. About I can't even remember his bit what. though. I can't remember what he did because it was boring. <laughs> I can't remember it either. <laughs> They're definitely gonna peg him for the Oscars. Just you watch. I mean, he's already done the Tonys like multiple times, and I think he's done the <laughs> Grammys too. Like, no. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, can we talk for a minute, though, about the cringiest moment of the night? Halsey. That TikTok bit. Oh, yeah. That's I wanted that. to jump out of a window. It was so painful. It was like trying to recreate the like um, Oscar selfie. The Oscar and it was selfie. Just, 
Oh, so bad. They've been so trying bad. ever since. Yeah, Ken yeah. Jong from Community and a bunch of other shows. I think he's on The Masked Singer. I think he's one of the judges. Yeah, there we is. go. That's why he was there. Came out and was like, hey, we're going to do a TikTok video of my daughter. I just need all of you to like scream at the same time. <laughs> and then it panned to the audience and you could tell that everybody was only doing it like <laughs> half-heartedly because they knew the camera was going to be on. And they're like, ah. <laughs> yeah. And I think he was even disappointed by it. He was like ashamed of that bit by the end because it did not work. The TikTok was not funny. And he was just like, yeah, there goes my career in comedy because it was just, oh, it was so bad. It was just so cringe. Can we also talk quickly about how whenever someone won an award, they put a very large photo of the person behind them and they were the worst pictures that you could find like phoebe waller bridge wins and there's a picture of her with a nosebleed behind her or when jerell jerome won there's this picture of him like screaming and looking sort of like crazed and awkward just no because now all the pictures of them winning the emmy have another giant picture of weird them behind them yeah no it's uh it was it was pretty messy. I I don't know who was in charge of it, who was like directing, script writing, whatever, but they're not winning any awards for it. And I think it was the worst Emmys um, that's ever happened, like literally, statistically. Um, it did not do well. No one was watching. No one liked it. It has 0% it felt- on Rotten Tomatoes. It felt like Fox didn't realize they had the Emmys until two days beforehand. And we're like, um, what can we do? TikTok video. Myra get her up there. Brian Cranston. Family guy, family guy. Write something. Yes, I forgot about that weird family guy bit. And then Halsey did the In Memoriam, which was like, why is Halsey here? Why is she singing Time After Time by Cindy Lauper? Just the whole thing. And the and also the the in memoriam section, it was like pictures of it was like headshots of the people put up against stock photo backgrounds, and then the headshot like moved forward while the stock background moved backwards. And for some of them it who were actors it was like actual footage of them but for people who was like executive producer it felt like somebody had googled what are things that would be behind a producer and it's like boardroom film reel desk totally random things that really have nothing to do with the person other than like oh they're a audio engineer um headphones like Okay, well, I think that's enough discussing the dumpster (laughs) fire that was this Emmys ceremony. So let's get into the awards themselves. Do you want to, like, let's start with comedy and then go to limited series and then go to drama? Because that's what the award show did. Yes? Yeah, yeah. I think that makes sense. Did you ever tally up your... Did you make a whole ballot or did you just do the major categories? No. Yeah, you sent me the... (laughs) Two pages that because there's so many freaking categories in the Emmys, and I stupidly only thought that it was one thing, so I just downloaded that and filled it out and was like, Oh, all the categories aren't on this, but I guess Shelby just like (laughs) sent me one that didn't have all the categories and then never bothered to fill out the second one because I was at a point at that point. Because I really killed the second page, I killed the smaller categories, and I think I might have beaten you, but. We'll never know. So that's just the Bible. But truth. I got the major category. Yeah, but uh... I did better. So 
consult our social media yeah. <laughs> on Instagram. We're at PS You're Wrong if you want to see me cleaning up on <laughs> Shelby in the Emmy predictions. I mean, we both we both sucked pretty hard. We uh, I don't think either of us but cleaned up. But you sucked up. a little harder. <laughs> you know, you were just like a little bit worse. So, yeah. sorry. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I can't say that's wrong. So, <laughs> I got four right on the main categories. And you got seven. <laughs> but neither of us got Fleabag right, which came out of nowhere to win Best Comedy, beating Veep, which everyone thought would win. It has won multiple times before. Julia Louis-Dreyfus has won for Veep every single year she's been nominated. Mm. So the fact that she lost to Phoebe Waller-Bridge in Best Actress was like mind-blowing. And then uh, Fleabag also won directing. It won writing. It was it was taken home all these awards and everybody was shocked. Phoebe Waller Bridge was shocked. She didn't know what to say. I was living for it because I love Fleabag, but also yeah. I never watched Veep. So ah, like, that is just mind blowing to me. I cannot understand that. Like I think you would truly love and relish in that dynamic. It's like it's like Succession, but just a little more fun and and only twenty minutes long and. And you know what? I just like it a lot more, so... (laughs) But you never watched Fleabag, or you only watched one episode or something, right? Yeah, I've started it. I started it on a plane, and so I just, like, forgot to keep up with it. (laughs) Here Uh, we are, split yet again. I mean, who knows uh, who deserved it, but but Fleabag got it. (laughs) Because we're woefully underprepared when it came to watching this. I mean, between the two of us, we've watched all of these mm. nominees, I think. I watched Russian Doll, I watched Barry, I watched Shit's Creek. Did you watch The Marvelous You watched Mrs. The Good Place. <laughs> no, I didn't watch that. Did you watch that? <laughs> nope. Never will have zero interest in it no matter how many people tell me it's actually really good. Yeah, I have a lot of hatred for Maisel despite the fact that I've never watched it. And We'll remember from last year and from the Golden Globes yeah. that Maisel just won like a million things and friggin' weird Amy Sherman Palladino <laughs> with her giant hat just like kept getting up to the stage. And this year they start the awards with comedy. They're oh, like yeah. best supporting actor in a comedy. And there's like nine nominees from Barry. So I was so excited. And the winner is Tony Shalhoub, <laughs> Mrs. Maisel. And I was like, oh no, here we go again. Just an onslaught of these stupid yes. Maisel wins. And then Alex Borstein who famously didn't wear a bra last year to the <laughs> Emmys, wins Best Supporting Actress. And I'm like, oh, here we go. And then when Maisel, or then when Fleabag mm. beat Maisel for some of these, for like the directing and writing awards, I was just like, oh my God, there is a God. He is listening to me. And he also doesn't like Maisel. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and mm. so this is, these were nominee nominations for the second season of Fleabag, correct? Or did the second season come out after this voting season yes they were nominations for the second season of fleabag technically but fleabag didn't really get i don't think it got any nominations for its first season and then but both seasons are only six episodes long and they're Mm -hmm. only a half hour each so i think when the second season came out which is the better season and everyone was like this is perfect tv a bunch of people went back (laughs) me included and watched the first and second season together sort of like almost as one season and then we're voting on it based on both but the second season is the better season so 
it I think it deserved everything it got. It's just surprising that Veep got nothing. Yeah. After all this time. Like, do you have any takes on why this on why that happened? I mean, one, it's over rewarded. So maybe at this point they're like, well, whatever. <laughs> and I think I mean Fleabag is such a hot like topic now. Like it it seems I mean, maybe rightfully so. I'm I, I trust people. They all seem to think it's really good. Whereas Veep, the final season, while it was really good, it also just kind of, you know, it was just, uh, it was wrapping up a few storylines and felt like it was sort of, I don't know. Like, I can see why it wasn't maybe the best television this year, but it is sad that it like ended on a high note and like, you know, Julia Louise Dreyfus was coming out of her cancer treatment and it just like was such a big show and everyone had loved it for so long but I think it was just sort of she had her awards already like let's see what else is on the docket mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's what I think I think that people just assumed that Veep would get nominated or would win right. things so they voted for Fleabag instead and were like well Veep's gonna win but I'm gonna vote for Fleabag <laughs> because I love it and then just everybody yeah. did that and so then Veep didn't win anything yes um, I was excited to see Bill Hader win best actor oh, I love right. Barry it is so <laughs> freaking good I uh, was sad that I don't remember his name but the like bald <laughs> Sidekicky character from Barry oh, Lost. Um, Best no ho Hank. No ho. Yes, he's a delight for me on that show. Probably more than any other character. Like I think he's very funny and very talented. So I was holding out hope for him to win a Best Supporting. I think that Sarah Goldberg. Barry's oh, girlfriend yeah. in Veep is Ugh. like an underrated treasure. She is so good on that show playing <laughs> that character. And that annoying girl, yeah. Yeah, she but it's it. like she's she ma- she manages because Barry's girlfriend is an actress and she manages to play like a <laughs> uh, like a bad but also good actress so well. And I think that takes a yeah. lot of skill to play someone who is like less talented than the actual actress is as a person, but also isn't like a caricature of a bad actress. You know what I mean? Because there's scenes where you're like, oh, you're actually good. But then there's other scenes where she's bad. I don't know. It feels like there's a lot going into that role. And big kudos for that. I don't know what Alex Borstein is doing in Mrs. Maisel, but I'm assuming it's bad. Yeah, I don't get the Mrs. Maisel stuff, but whatever. I guess... um... Bill Hader's just a more recognizable name. So, because it was kind of a weak category to the, for the actors and comedies, like no offense to everyone involved, but I mean, it was like Blackish and The Good Place and then Schitt's Creek, where Eugene Levy's a great actor, but he's probably not even like close to my top three of that show. So, it was sort of just like a weird year for nominees, too. Yeah, the of Shit's Creek of the main cast, I think he's definitely the least exciting. Like Catherine O'Hara and both of the siblings are by far (laughs) more interesting and funny and engaging Uh, than he is. I was, I mean, Catherine O'Hara was never going to win, but also like she should always win because she's just so good. (laughs) That accent, those wigs, like what is she doing? Just fantastic. It's a delight. I know. I really was gunning for her moment. I feel like. I don't know her record of winning stuff, but 
I'm sure she's undervalued. She's just a treasure. And even her bit on the stage as presenter was she looked great. She did the best she could with what she was given. I really wanted it to be her moment. But you know what? Shit's Creek got nominated and that was a big pull. That was a big coup in the first place. So I was happy for them. And they still have another season. So they could theoretically come out of the woodwork and really sweep up in the next year because Veep's not going to be there. Fleabag is done. Uh, What else is that? Mrs. Maisel will still be there, but hopefully (laughs) people will be over that. Another weird thing that I have not seen brought up at all is why is Russian Doll in the best comedy category instead of limited series? Are they doing a second season of that? Because how? I think so. I haven't seen the ending. I stopped at the halfway point and lost interest and then never went back when you said it gets better. Um, So does it end with them dying or something? Well, it wraps up. I mean, the whole point of Russian Doll is it's like a Groundhog Day thing where she keeps reliving the same day over and over again. Well, they made Happy Death Day to you twice. Yeah, well, and the second one was bad. So (laughs) we did not need that. Maybe it was just a gamble. They wanted to be able to try. They thought they'd have a better chance of winning comedy than limited. So so maybe they worked it out that way. Right. But you don't get to really choose. I mean, if you're. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, we're uh, we're definitely doing a second season. Wink, wink. I guess. Nod, nod. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, no, we're not. <laughs> just never we just, do it. Yeah. We think it'd be easier to beat Maisel than it would be to beat Chernobyl. Yeah, exactly. I guess that is true. The limited series are dramas more so than comedies. So I don't know how they would fare comedies going up against that. Any more hot takes on comedy or should we move on to limited? Let's get into the limited, man. This is a good good selection. This was such a good year. The limited series nominees were Chernobyl, Escape at Danamora, Fosse Verdon, Sharp Objects, and When They See Us. And compared to last year's nominees, where it was like <laughs> Genius Picasso and whatever that like yeah. Melrose, oh, Mr. Yeah. Melrose or whatever that was that Benedict Cumberbatch was in, like <laughs> truly bad things. I, Jesus Christ Superstar was getting a lot of nominees <laughs> in these categories last year. That's how bad it was. And this year, it was like, Everything could have won. I like mm-hmm. all of these series. I would give yeah. Emmys to everybody. Take some Emmy, some Emmys from the Mrs. Maisel people and give them <laughs> to more people in limited series, please. Yeah. I mean, there was a widespread on this one because Best Actress in Limited Series went to Michelle Williams for Fosse Verdon. And then Chernobyl got a couple writing and directing, right? Yeah. It won writing and directing and just limited series overall. Yeah, so I guess is Sharp Objects the only one that didn't win anything else? Anything? Well, Escape of Dana Mora technically didn't win anything, oh. but Patricia Arquette, who's oh, in yeah. Escape of Dana Mora <laughs> and was nominated for that, won for the act, which was oh, much yeah. less watched. So I think that was sort of like she won for both because okay, she won Best yeah. Supporting Actress for the act. She was nominated for Best Actress for Escape of Dana Mora. Did you watch the act? I didn't like Munchausen is so in style right now. And I feel like I've seen so many Munchausen things. And I was like, I don't need to see another like, one of name these. Name two know? other ones. Sharp Objects was Munchausen's. Yeah. 
shoot, there was another That's one. That's it. I was, That's the no, only one. No, Those I are the so, two stories. Nope, there was something else. Yes. There was something else <laughs> that was Munchausen's. I'm Googling this. Munchausen. It's like so trendy right now. Like everyone is like pretending their kid is sick. Like it's so, so in right now. <laughs> I swear. There there has to be like Munchausen's There's movies. not. I mean, it might be because the documentary that is the that came out about the story that inspired the act came out like last year ish too. So maybe that's what you're thinking, but I don't think you can complete that too. It's too in right now because that's the same story. There's the, um, the boy in it. That's Munchausen by proxy. <laughs> everything, everything. It was Munchausen. Um, there has to be more. I swear. I mean, everything, everything wasn't, was that like the takeaway wasn't Munchausen? It was sort of like never discussed in depth, really, what was happening. Anyway, we're getting derailed. The point is, I watched part of the act and it was kind of crazy that it was nominated because I did not think it was that good. And Joey King, bless her heart, was just like, uh, you know, trying. <laughs> so I was surprised when Patricia Arquette won for that show. Because I hadn't, I mean, I guess I'd seen that it did okay on like Rotten Tomatoes or something, but I'd seen a lot more critics excited by the Escape at Dannemora. So kind of strange. Yeah, yeah. Escape at Dannemora was definitely better. I think that there was also some like math strategy involved here of like, okay, we like... We like Michelle Williams, so we want her to win. Like there's, I think there's more good actresses in best actress because you have michelle williams you have amy adams for sharp objects you have patricia arquette obviously i think those are the three main ones so it's like okay well if we want to give an award to michelle or amy adams then we should not award patricia arquette in limited where really she's only up (laughs) against patricia clarkson as like a viable source so patricia clarkson and amy adams end up losing this battle but i guess that makes more sense than well i don't know than because if, if you give, because otherwise Michelle Williams doesn't win and then Fosse Verdon gets nothing. So somebody was getting nothing and it just ended up being sharp objects. Yeah, too bad. Poor Amy Adams. She's really uh, struggling to get those statues. Truly, truly. Were you sad by that? Um, were you really counting on Amy? You know, I didn't think she was going to win just because <laughs> Sharp Objects came out so long ago. Like, mm. it was smart of HBO to launch it last summer because there was nothing else on and everyone was watching it. But then that show came out over a year ago. So when people are voting, yeah. like, what is fresh in their mind? It's not Sharp Objects. It's Chernobyl. It's Fosse Verdon. It's When They See Us. It's Escape at Dannemora. All of which have come out, you know, like within the past six months. So what was your like your limited series pick? It's so hard. I really <sighs> liked all of them. A lot of people were s- sort of saying like Chernobyl versus When They See Us. And mm. they're just such different shows. And yeah. Chernobyl is like has a bigger budget. They're building all of these things. It's I don't know. It feels like a much more, more highbrow. Um, yeah. Kind of story. It's historical. I mean, I guess When They See Us is well. also historical. <laughs> but When They See Us is it feels 
a lot more personal, I guess, than mm-hmm. Chernobyl, where it's, it's right. the, it follows these five boys and yes, the politics of the Central Park Five case, but it's really a, grounded in the relationships between the boys and their respective family members so it feels Mm -hmm. a little bit more intimate and i think that in the directing writing series awards overall you saw chernobyl taking those home because it just felt grander where when they see us i think due to the personal nature of it it got a ton of acting nominations and then i think it split the vote and that's why nobody won except for gerald jerome but like it has double triple the amount of acting nominations that (laughs) any of these other shows have yeah yeah i mean it's interesting because i loved i mean i loved when they see us i really wanted it to win more i was really glad it got gerald jerome I think he was the best, obviously. He just did such an amazing job playing both the child and then also playing the adult. And he was the only like kid to do that. And he had the major like finale episode that was really from his perspective. And so, yeah, I can see your point. Like It's much more about these character pieces, whereas Chernobyl is like, here's this huge historical event that you'd like never fully understood or like you had no idea how like complex and interesting this political and um, social network was back there and so it really was like kind of an art piece like it was beautifully done very well acted and obviously like you have HBO versus Netflix there is just a budget (laughs) difference there or at least an intention behind the um the things they funnel into it because HBO just does so much fewer original content, whereas Netflix is just like, yes, 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 yes. And so, yeah, I mean, I wasn't surprised when Chernobyl took home the big prize or even some of those writing and directing ones. But it was interesting because I felt like the audience was really excited about when they see us whenever it was like announced and and sort of <laughs> talked about and I think that just kind of shows like maybe a little bit about the voting academy and just I don't know not that it's like oh look another person of color like lost because obviously they recognize talent in Jarell Jerome but just like yeah if you look at the like a screen grab of Chernobyl versus a screen grab of an episode of When They See Us there is sort of a difference that might come off more mainstream and like (laughs) low brow high brow and chernobyl it's the excitement level is is different Mm -hmm. there's only so much excitement you can have watching a bunch of 60 year old scientists (laughs) you know debate a nuclear fallout accident where when they see us is an underdog story you have all these cute little kids who are in the cast it's it's very much like an overcoming narrative so it's easy to get like really behind those people and that story one thing that i was very confused about though is how they decided to split up who from when they see us was nominated lead versus supporting because it's only four episodes long the cast it's a huge cast most of the people only get you know a couple of scenes and so i just sort of assumed that everybody would be running and supporting but instead you have multiple people running in these lead categories and it just i don't know it 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 felt a little bit confusing to me as to why they were there and who they were up against. I mean, Gerald Jerome gives a great performance. He is definitely the biggest, has the most screen time of anybody in this, but like 
Niecy Nash is nominated for Best <laughs> Actress, and she is fully in maybe like, I don't know, 12 scenes yeah. or so in the whole series. And you compare that with Amy Adams or Patricia Arquette or Michelle Williams, who are basically like carrying an right. entire season of a show on their back. And it's like, well, Niecy, you're not going <laughs> to win. You're not it, like this isn't yeah. even comparable. I know with the lead actress, it, it seemed like they were trying to fill the spots a little bit. Yeah, where if they had like downgraded Nisi to best supporting, like I don't know if she would have fared any better because she's up against heavy hitters there mm-hmm. as well, but it would have felt more fair because <laughs> yeah. I just was looking at this list and some of these people, it's like, oh, I can't even, I don't even know who they're playing <laughs> in When They See Us and they're in lead. Like, okay. Yeah, no, I can see that. But I definitely think like even in the way they promoted the show, like Jarrell Jerome was clearly like the lead, the heart of the story. And it was like my favorite moment of the show when he won. I thought it was such a good speech. It was just like, I literally like cried. I don't know. (laughs) I didn't expect to. It wasn't like he had, it wasn't like, you know, a purposely tear jerking, empowering speech that's been prepared like Michelle Williams. But there was just something so like, I don't know. It was just like a panda all the crowd, and it was the exonerated five right there, and I was just like really into it. So I'm glad that they recognized him. Well, part of the reason why you were crying was also because the Wrinkle in Time actress was in when they see us, and you know that just cues for you, like <laughs> triggered. Yeah, yeah, that's yes. true. I forgot about that. It was just a it's subliminal what, storm yeah. read, stormy read. <laughs> I honestly I think it's just don't storm. even remember. It's her and Oprah in a headdress. Those are the two things that just like bring on the waterworks for you. Uh, Yeah, we'll have to see if that continues to hold up. But for whatever reason, I was really into that win. And I was I was glad that they that when they see us got something because it deserved it. Yeah, he, uh, he he was he was such a deserving winner. A surprise for me was Ben Wishaw winning for a very English scandal <laughs> again. Did anybody watch this show? I, I know. No. I've How never, did this happen? Yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, I think this is a that is an example of like weak competition because you have three people from When They See Us, and then. But like Paul Dano from Escape of Danamora was good, and Stellan Skarsgård is good as Chernobyl. Yeah. So like both of them, I feel like were. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Ben Wishaw's great in a very English scandal, <laughs> but who was watching it? So, <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe this is a sign that you should try that out. You have something against, like, um, I guess I don't even know what a very English scandal is about. Is it like a period piece? I think so. <laughs> I don't know. That and Maisel are yeah. just things, you know, we just dismiss <laughs> off the hand. Nah, we're good. <laughs> Nobody cares. Uh, Any other hot takes on Limited or shall we move on? Let's get into it. Okay. So, I, you know, I just feel like we should skip all of these like variety, <laughs> special, whatever segments. Like who really cares <laughs> about who wins best directing of like a late night talk show? I sure don't. <laughs> SNL won. Lorne trotted himself up on stage for the 85th yeah. year in a row. Didn't like, make any mention of his racist casting. No apologies. I know. And this would have been such a great moment. You know, Mm -hmm. you're accepting your 75th Emmy and you get up there and you're like, F Shane Gillis. But no, we didn't get that. (laughs) Yeah. Saying something about how they're always there to take on politics. And then, you know, it's like, okay, sure, Jan. Yeah, totally. Did you read the article? I don't think we addressed this on the podcast that after Shane was 
fired eventually, there was a piece that came out about how he wasn't hired through the traditional audition process, but they were looking for somebody who was more like Republican y <laughs> or would appeal to that audience more because SNL has been getting a lot of complaints uh... as of late of being just like basically straight Democrat propaganda, which is sort of true. It's not. <laughs> I feel like in the older days, it used to kind of like take shots in both directions. And now it's like basically only taking shots at Republicans, <laughs> which I mean, whatever. But at the same time, it's weird that they were like, OK, we got to find somebody. And instead of really looking for talent, they were just like, oh, this guy <laughs> seems like he'd be good. Didn't vet him at all. And then come to find out, <laughs> oh, he's a racist. <laughs> we so learned a valuable lesson there. For yeah. But he's so funny. He was selected for SNL. And you can't take that away from him, Matt. Like, you just can't. So true. So, And he was more of a mad TV guy yeah. anyways. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, let's move on to the drama. The, the category that's, for some reason, trumped as better than comedy. Which I, for one, find to be an outdated, offensive idea. That we somehow think, because it's drama, it's better. You know? Yeah, they always save it till the end. It's the last yeah. word given. And it's like, it's it's not sexist. What is it? Like, categoryist? <laughs> yeah. Very, like, we are woke now. We should be able to put uh, comedy at the end yes, as well. Yes, exactly. It's like, stop stop pretending this is like, it's harder to cry on camera than it is to make someone, like, laugh. Because I really think comedy, it just is harder than it looks. And people need to respect that. So true. This year's drama category was sort of like a dumpster fire because, (laughs) you know, a year or so ago, people realized, oh, shoot, Game of Thrones, this big behemoth, it's won multiple years. The last season is going to have so much money put into it. It's going to win all of these like creative arts Emmys. It's going to be such a feat. It's watched more than any other TV show. It's like the TV the TV event of the decade. Like we don't want to go up against this. So any other show that thought that it would be in competition sort of backed off and scheduled their seasons in a way so that they didn't have a season that came out this year. So they wouldn't have to compete. So shows like the crown, the handmaid's tale, stranger things, Westworld, all like bumped themselves (laughs) in the schedule. So they wouldn't have to compete, which left all of these spots open for new shows to kind of jump in there because nobody wanted to go against game of Thrones. Well, then game of Thrones comes out and is a complete disaster. And people are like, Oh, well shoot. Now we don't like Game of Thrones, but there's not really anything else to compete against it because they moved all of these things. And yet, and so Game of Thrones again wins Best Drama last night, but it lost a whole bunch of other things to a whole bunch of random, like little people shows just because people hated Game of Thrones so much. It was sort of fun to watch Game of Thrones, like consistently losing all of these awards. Yeah. I mean, I guess it was fun. It was sort of, uh, I mean, it's hard to say though. Cause I think if it had just been like, Oh, it's just Emilia Clark nominated. She will win. But instead it was split like by a lot of, there were a lot of nominations for the cast, like a lot, like the majority of the acting was right. <laughs> Game of Thrones nominations. But Game of Thrones lost yeah. directing to Ozark, <laughs> which like <laughs> what? I mean, Game of Thrones cost so much money. Jason Bateman. I mean, yeah, I'm sure Ozark so is great. Good. I've never watched it. But like the 
Jason Bateman was shocked <laughs> that he won that. There's that slow motion video of like them announcing and all of the people around him like <laughs> shrieking and like so surprised. And Jason he's Bateman like, is huh. just sitting there like, what the well, he's, F he's is not even He's not me? even How showing any emotion. This? It's almost just like a, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Jason Bateman is an enigma to me. I just, I'm sure, I mean, I guess I don't know. I haven't looked into his history that much, but he just seems sort of like a dick. And I don't know if it's just because of the characters he's played in the past, but there's just something so like punchable about his face. And so that expression was just like, you know, chef's kiss right there. It was just a perfect reaction <laughs> to to winning an Emmy. And then Julia Garner won Best Supporting Actress, also for Ozark. And she was up against Gwendolyn Christie, Lena Headey, Sophie Turner, and Maisie Williams from Game (laughs) of Thrones. So I think that was definitely like a vote split thing. I was so excited, though. She is so good in that show. She is like, every time I watch her, I'm like, wow, you're stealing the show from like Jason Bateman, Laura Linney. Like, you're doing such a good job. And she's so mesmerizing to watch. And... Obviously, we all saw how awkward and adorable she is with that totally nervous wreck of an Emmy speech. But I just I was glad that she got it, even if it was sort of a on a technicality almost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a weird win. But you know what? I'll give it to her. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> she was in Maniac. And I feel like she was the best part of that, which oh, yeah, we watched last year. That's so. right. Shout out to our weird Maniac episode. If you want to hear us <laughs> complain about Jonah Hill. You can go back and listen to that. Yeah, uh, Peter Dinklage won Best Supporting Actor for Game of Thrones. He's the only actor for Game of Thrones to ever win an Emmy. Oh, really? That's an interesting. I'm fun not fact. Yeah, surprised, you guys. Game of Thrones is overrated. You can go back also and listen to our Game of Thrones (laughs) episode where Shelby gives you a watch these three episodes and it's basically like you watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, I mean, that's a gross uh, generalization of the of the thoughts I bring to the episode. But yeah, you know what? There's a few couple there's a couple actors who I think have a chance of being good in the future, like. Emilia Clark, a delight, and honestly, maybe Sophie Turner. I don't know if I'm just have Jonas Brothers bias, but everyone else, like, what are they going to do? What are they going to go and do? You know what looks bad though? Have you seen the trailer for that Emilia Clark Christmas yes. movie? <laughs> you won't convince oh me that gosh. looks bad. I love Christmas movies. I love rom coms. My only problem with it is I'm pretty sure that the guy is dead. Or a ghost like the way they show it in the trailers like you needed to cut this trailer what? better because it makes it seem like it's gonna be the twist is like oh i'm just the spirit of christmas telling you to get your life together what <laughs> yeah. did you finish the trailer yes i i'm yes, not the only one who thought this, this on your own no that this, this is, a is ghost? like a this is like across the internet people are like something fishy is going on here because there's like a scene where she's like i need you to be here and then He's never talking to anyone else. It's just watch it again. You'll see. It's going to be something weird like that, like collateral beauty or whatever. That Will Smith movie. Was. I don't know. I mean, that that sound that could 100 percent be the case. I did not get that from the trailer at all. But the trailer looked so dumb. It's I'm like she's hate. a grumpy elf. But oh, now she's doing good for the community. And all of a sudden she's happy. And also she that's finds a Christmas love. movie like, for you. Shoot me. Come on, Scrooge. 
gosh. But anyway, I mean, I anyways, anyways, I love a Christmas movie, <laughs> but there's better Christmas movies. Like, give me Christmas with the cranks, oh you know? Gosh. Oh, so fun. Home <laughs> Alone, so uh, the Christmas Story. There's a lo- lot of. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> One thing I was pissed about in the drama category is where is all the love for Succession? Mm. Like, tell me. Yeah. Because Succession was nominated for Best Series. It won the Writing Emmy, again, beating our Game of Thrones. But it was not nominated in a single <laughs> acting category, which is mind-blowing <laughs> because the actors on that show are giving so much. And these categories are full of, like, dead weight. Yeah. This Is Us was nominated twice in <laughs> Best actor, and you're telling me that Kendall Roy cannot well, have first snuck of in all, here, or Sterling that Shiv K. Brown somewhere. is a treasure, and he deserves every acting nomination ever. So he has to stay. But the other guy, yeah, I can see your point. Are you watching This Is Us? No, but Are you watching? I believe it? in him. So you no, don't know, but I believe in him, and I used to watch it, and he was the best part, hands down, hands down, no questions. I'm a Sterling K. Brown stan, so I have always been. Since the days of his Lifetime show, um, Army Wives, and that was a delight. And I was like, that guy's going to go places. And you know what? How are you on this podcast? <laughs> you have zero credibility. Are you kidding me? You watch Army are you Wives? kidding me? Do you want me to pull up your list of top 100 films ever made and just like list it for our listeners? Like you have Mr. Magoo on there. You have Agent Cody Banks probably five times. <laughs> Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, Big Fat Mr. Liar Magoo is like is top a five cinematic for you. <laughs> classic. So is Big Fat Liar. Mr. Magoo has Jennifer Garner in an early <laughs> role and it is fantastic. You should all go watch. I stand hard. The also you can find that list on my Instagram. <laughs> I'm at Huffman if you want to follow. But looking at these categories, look look at all this dead weight. In Best Actors, we have Mandy Moore for This Is Us, Robin Wright for House of Cards. Who watched that? Viola Davis for How to Get Away with Murder, which like what? <laughs> Viola that, Davis that came show has out not even today. been on the air for six years. She as came far out as I'm today concerned. and said that her character and Kerry Washington's character from Scandal are some of the best female characters to ever be written for television. <laughs> Um, so that's a take yeah (laughs) well here's the thing she doesn't want to get written off the show by shonda rhimes you have to say these things or shonda rhimes will just kill your character and if you want a paycheck you gotta (laughs) suck up that's how it works rude but like where is shiv she could be in here or (laughs) tom wom's i'm not sure these guys are good actors i think you're just smitten by the writing and the directing and the editing and the music and the drama of it all but i don't know shiv Shiv is australian you Mm. would never know you would never know and that is hard work (laughs) and also tom Wamsgans is like a crazy person in succession but matthew mcfaden who plays him is mr darcy (laughs) yeah that was truly disturbing to see that photo side by side and like realize that is i'm not over that actually i was never a big fan of that Pride and Prejudice um, version because I just grew up on the BBC one. But he does something in that show that is in that movie in the Pride and Prejudice that's just like, whoa, that just like touches something deep in your belly. (laughs) But you don't get that sexual vibe in Succession at all. He's more like a wet blanket. It's just um, that is good acting. You're right. So well-rounded. And the (laughs) oldest son and the dad is a good actor, but the oldest son, like that scene at the end where he has the breakdown with his dad at the end of the first season. Well, I'm not saying why he has a breakdown, but he just does. (laughs) Everybody on the show sort of does at some point or another. And 
he's just like crying. Like that is good acting, people. That is good <laughs> acting, and he deserves to be awarded this. Also, the amount of yeah. coke that he has to snort. How do they yeah. do that in movies? By the way, are you? To, is it's it just like, like something? They else? yeah, it's like a sugar substance. They talked about it with Wolf of Wall Street. Jonah Hill actually had to go to the hospital though because he was snorting so much fake stuff that he got like a major nosebleed or something during yeah. filming it doesn't seem like it'd be good for you to be snorting <laughs> yeah. particles of anything up your nose that much <laughs> yeah. and especially if you're doing multiple yeah. takes of these things like <laughs> i don't know yeah they should just cgi it they can cgi like al pacino's younger face onto his own face so why yes. can't they just do a little coke you know if i'm ever an a uh, high-profile actor, I'm doing that. I'm going to say, look, for health reasons, you're going to have to CGI <laughs> in Coke and also any cigarettes that I'm smoking. I'll yeah. just mime it and you can put it in and post. It'll be like, great. Yeah, write that in your writer. That'll be good. I'm who even is Chris Sullivan in, in This Is Us? Can you honestly he tell me who you know the, who that is? Yeah, he's the um, the like who boyfriend is Michael of Kelly the... in House of Cards. <laughs> Who is Jonathan Banks in Better Call Saul? This Best Supporting Actor category is riddled with people I have never heard of. All yeah, of those. No. Sp- G- Giancarlo Esposito. That's not Ooh, even a real cool. person. That's a nice name. What's he in? Better Call Saul. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. All of those spots could have gone to the cast of Succession. <laughs> There's a lot of Best Supporting Actor guys. I'm sure Succession is going to be just like... I don't think... The Emmys or anyone likes to reward shows on their first season. I think they like to wait it out. I think that's why, you know, Fleabag or I feel like it happens all the time where they're just like, hmm, they're new to the the block. Like, let's just give them a moment. We don't want it to go to their heads, you know? Yeah, I guess. Uh, Okay. Well, (laughs) do you have anything else to say on the drama category or on the Emmys in general? Well, so who actually won? Game of Thrones. Oh, that's right. Dang it. I blocked it from my memory. Oh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Who would you have? You wanted Succession to win hands down then for best series? Yes. That's fair. Yes. That makes I mean, sense. to be fair, what was the competition in that I category? Know. It was it was bad. I mean, let me just list off these. Where are they <laughs> I personally um, was voting for This Is Us, the NBC network television show. Uh, no you weren't no i wasn't uh there's game of thrones better call saul which who watched that bodyguard no one watched that killing eve wait is bodyguard coming out with a second season i guess it must if it's nominated in drama i thought i heard something about the ending that would make it hard to have a second season but maybe i'm wrong i didn't watch it is bodyguard the one (laughs) is bodyguard the one with Julia Roberts. No, that's Homecoming. Bodyguard's the one with Rob Stark. Oh, shoot. How do you not know oh, that? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I knew it, but I was testing I don't even. I don't even watch Game of Thrones, and I know that. He has some crazy, well, not as crazy hair as he had in that movie where it was just like, oh, my word, that hair was so bad. Was it, was it, where did he play the dirty um, uh, music, like, manager in rocket man yes rocket man yeah bad hair all around bodyguard he's much better i just couldn't get into it he says mom a lot and everyone all the americans were tweeting like why does he call his boss mom and they don't realize he just has a really thick accent (laughs) and is saying (laughs) ma'am interesting 
Well, I think that is all we have on the <laughs> Emmys. Sorry again that our episode got destroyed yeah. and we didn't have a pop culture recap it was, around us. It was hot, week. man. Um, it was it was full of stories and conspiracies and just you'll never know them. It's just so sad. But I do want to read a review real quick that we had originally had in that episode before it got axed. <laughs> so this is from one of our Uruguayan listeners who apparently if you leave a review on iTunes but you live in a foreign country we can't see it so if you've done that and you're a fan who's like in Australia or wherever just send us a screenshot of the review so that we can read it on the show or send us an email we're at psyourong at gmail.com but this wonderful person left us a review and I'm going to read it. It says, Hey guys, I actually listened to you on Spotify and only came here to leave a review, which kudos to this person. Great podcast. My favorite way to keep up with pop culture. I love the chemistry between you two and love it even more when you disagree (laughs) on something. It's funny. Also, I have to say that I used to hate spoilers, but now I just love listening to the episodes even when I haven't watched the film slash series. So yeah, please don't stop recording. Heart Yes! Okay. We can't stop. Won't stop. This is going on forever. (laughs) Going on forever. And I think this is a good reminder to people that we're hysterical. Yes. And so we're going to make these episodes enjoyable even if you haven't watched the the movie. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we don't think that you should watch the movie. (laughs) Like our episode on The Kitchen, for example. Or episode on The Goldfinch, Uh which fully nobody watched that movie. But we... I think um, are bringing a lot to it and you can pretend that you watched exactly. it if you listen to our episode. Cause that's just how yeah, good it's we like are. a public service, you know, like we totally understand that you don't want to sit through two and a half hours of Ansel Igor, like crying over a painting, but we got you, you know, like let us help you. We're like a funny spark notes that then you can use to impress your Tinder dates. Exactly. So what better way yeah. to end to end an episode than on that (laughs) uh we'll be back next week we're talking about ad astra the brad pitt space movie Mm -hmm. there's lots of theories involving that so it should be exciting to break down follow us on social media and we'll see you guys then bye bye